Hello you wonderful people out there, welcome to the 8th episode of Rise Up Teams. Today I have Ava with me and Ava is covering a topic about one of the most serious issues that women have and that is periods and the myths behind them. Her business was formed to uncover these myths and, and proclaim them that they are not true, they are false. So today we have Ava with us who are going, who's going to take us behind the scenes and showcase how and where did she find these clues and how did she start her business hi there eva how are you i'm good how are you so eva the first question i got is that um what are the facts and clues that you find about this um business about periods and the myths around them um well there are a lot of common misconceptions about periods you know people are like oh like periods don't hurt that much like being kicked in the balls is worse or you know people discrediting the experience of people who have periods um but the most shocking thing i've sort of discovered through my research is just how little people know and how little like schools talk about menstrual health and just how stigmatized discussions about it really are hmm. so eva i got to actually want to know that um one of the questions is that um why do you think the schools do not talk about these subjects quite a lot? Is there a particular reason? Um, because periods are sort of seen as dirty and, you know, bad or taboo. And a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about it, so then they feel uncomfortable teaching it. Hmm. I get the point that periods are considered as taboos, but to be um, perfectly logical with you, after doing some extensive research for about the past few days, I found out that periods are actually essential in for a woman the uh, in preparation for the woman to get for pregnancy, so that there's no actual problems or fault at it. So how does it link to taboo? I still don't understand it. Yeah. So um, honestly, I'm not sure either. I think what yeah, like you said, periods are essential for health and um, for people who are just for their health and also for pains to take place in civilization. Um, and I genuinely don't know why it's deemed to do, but I know that like in certain religions, you can't pray or enter a temple if you're on your period, or you know, you're not allowed to see friends or family. And I still don't know the reasoning behind it. Um, I'm assuming it's because you know it's blood, and it's coming from a uterus, which is you know, sort of like pregnancy, I guess. So. Hmm. To be honest, um, I actually got up on a call with my acquaintance of mine and she was explaining me a story of where this girl of hers, she does not have periods, but the doctor prescribed a medical period spill so that um, medical defects do not happen within her, or like problems do not arise with her. I mean, when the doctors are saying this, that uh, medical problems does not arise, why do people still have this perception that okay it's something very bad or something like that um, do you think it's the lack of um, information that's still bugging people today till this day yeah i think that's absolutely a huge part of it because we've been told you know doctors have done studies and extensive research has been done showing that periods are essential that periods are normal and healthy and i think that because people talk about it so little people then form this notion and this preconceived idea that periods 
are bad because no one's talking about it, so there must be something wrong with them. Hmm. I mean, we have sex. Uh, do you have s uh, sexual education? Sex ed? Yes. So at my school, I live in Canada and I live in Ontario. So um, our we have you know sexual ed sexual education program. It's not as extensive as I'd like it to be. It's not as detailed or as profound as I think it needs to be for people to learn what needs to be learned. But I am very grateful and I know that I'm very privileged to have access to that because I know it's not the case around the world. So, um, since you said that um, it's not very extensive with knowledge that people should learn about, what kind of improvements would you make to sex if you had the chance or possibility or the power to do so? So many things. First of all, they, well, at least in my school, I'm not sure about how it was at other schools, but they just taught abstinence and they said that, you know, if you abstain from sex, it's the best way to not get pregnant, it's the best way to improve your relationship, which I think is not necessarily, it's not false because you can't get pregnant if you don't have sex, but also, you know, they should have taught other ways to prevent pregnancy. They should have taught other ways to protect yourself in a relationship. And I also wish that they talked about LGBTQ plus relationships and LGBTQ plus sex ed because, you know, people who were not straight or who are not heterosexual had no options. They didn't know what to do. Okay. Um, after going through a little bit process and understanding this thing, it was kind of complex for me. For a guy, um, it was kind of complex. I seriously didn't understand at the starting of everything. Um, I'm thankful for some people who actually helped me understand, but this is um, this after doing some research, I found something. This is known as premenstrual syndrome or MPS. Could you explain that to our viewers? If uh, what is what does that actually mean? Yeah, so PMS is premenstrual syndrome, and it's sort of um, the symptoms you get before your period. Mm. Um, that are brought on by, you know, changes in hormones and your body sort of preparing itself and they can include headaches, cramps, you know, pain, stomach aches, bloating, nausea, um, mood swings, anything like that. And it's really not pleasant. Um, it can bring about like pain in breasts. It can just a bunch of things. And people would tell me it's not real all the time. I'm like, no, it is. It's not fun, and yeah. Hmm. Um, I found that from the, uh, actually, after doing everything, I want to ask this question, if you're willing to answer this. Um, the boys in your community, have they taken any extensive action to actually consider this as a real problem? Or, or you know, just boys being boys and they brush it off as that, they're just making excuses? I think it depends. Um, on the person, on the way they were raised, on their environment. I have people, like in my family, you know, my my father and my brother are so beautiful. They're like, oh, you're on your period, you know it exists. Okay, cool. We don't really want to talk about it. But there are guys in my life, my friends, who, you know, are doing research and they want to know more because they want to be as supportive as possible. And there's also people who are like, oh, well, periods aren't that bad. Like, you know, we have it so much worse or periods are nothing, you know, why are you complaining so much? So there's this sort of a spectrum of people. Okay. Um, I found that um, after doing something like extensively, I found out that about 3 to 8% of people experience, uh, among, among them, 
who do not actually have periods ex experience come these symptoms quite severely um if you do not have periods what kind of the necessary backlashes that you can like for example problems that might arise from it could you explain that yeah so um periods are essentially you know the shedding of the uterine lining and you know after an egg drops you know that gets shed and if that doesn't happen you know the flesh can start to you know sort of decay and like you can get infections and um you know you can get these sort of hormones that you don't want and just things like that okay um i i, I got from a friend in a call in there are many studies that says that doctors advise young couples do not have intercourse with them while she's on their periods. Um, I got off a call with my colleague and she told me that there it happened with her or like it happened with someone that she knows that they had intercourse while on their periods. And she said that I don't know the necessary information about it. Could you elaborate to our viewers why it is wrong or is it right to have intercourse while in your periods? Because this is a very debated topic to have. Yeah, so I personally um, don't think there's anything wrong with having sex in your period. Um, I think that it's something both parties are comfortable with. You know, you can 100% go for it and do it. Um, I think people just are wary of like the mess it can cause, but just, you know, to use a towel, you could find other ways to prevent things from happening. Mm. And yeah. Um, she also exclaimed that um, the condom side of it is, for example, that if she's in her periods and the condom breaks, or some the bacteria might enter into her while she's on her periods. Uh, do you think that uh, this is a safety precaution that people should understand that should know? Because not a lot of people know about this stuff, and even I did not. I just learned it from her. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Okay, so basically, while you're having sex on your period, uh, in uh, in your periods, this is safety precaution. They say is that wear condom while doing it, so that bacteria don't leak out, uh, uh, do not enter the girl while she's in her menstruation or while she's on her periods. A lot of people do not know about it, and and it is a very unsafety thing to do while with your partner and putting it her at odds. Do you think? Uh, what kind of ways can we like raise awareness on this particular instance? Well, I think that you should always be careful about not spreading bacteria into your partner because whether they're on the period or not, you know, you can still get infections, you can still get hmm. um, UTIs, you know, you can still get irritations. So that's why, you know, it's important to always just be careful no matter the situation, you know, if you use a condom or, you know, clean up afterwards or like, just hmm. overall practice hygienic practices when you have sex. Okay. So um, after this, I want to like basically know is that as being um, as being a girl for yourself, is this inconvenience some kind of times where people do not understand that you're on your periods? Is there is that an inconvenience for women sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> um, being on a period for me is absolutely an inconvenience. Um, it's painful for me. My cramps can be really bad to the point where you know I can't get up. 
So if I have things to do, I have to choose between, you know, suffering through taking pain medication and just trying to get through my day or just lying there. Um, it's uncomfortable having to change a pad or a tampon. It's not pleasant. Um, you know, you have to deal with hormones or, you know, emotional like emotional changes and symptoms and headaches and the whole to them and it's not great. Um, actually, um, recently, my sister, uh, recently I just bought a product for it for my family because they are women, they have to use it as well. But here I found one of the most hilarious things of all is that a medical thing is cost for about here about 20% value added tax. That added increase in sales tax makes it expensive for a lot of people to buy those sanitary things that they to do, right? So. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that women can get those stuff at a lower cost with the income that they have? So, um, unfortunately, you know, periods in a lot of places are taxed as a luxury item. And, you know, that's not a luxury, that's a necessity. We need those things mm. to help us during our period to stay hygienic, to stay safe. And a lot of people don't have access to that. So. You know, actually, people who are low-income families or lower-income situations, they are homeless. They, you know, have to use the same menstrual products for much longer than they should. And actually, if you wear a tampon for too long, you can get severe infections. You can get extremely sick. If you, you can die from it. And so, yeah, um, there are some ways to get, you know, access to menstrual products if you are in a lower-income situation. But unfortunately, those resources, those resources are really, really sparse. Like, barely anyone that I know of, anyways. You know, there's barely anyone. So. Okay. I got to know from a friend, and she gave me this experience where there was a male came up forward and used, did not speak in a tongue with normal people would, and asked that if they could donate uh, these type of products. Uh, for charity for women who are under low income would you would these type of charities like happen in in the country in which you're living in um i think so. i think that i i don't know of many and i think i can do more research into that because it does exist that's wonderful i know that at certain food banks um people donate menstrual items or when they donate to mm. homeless shelters or things like that they donate there so if you go to a homeless shelter or you go to a food bank and you request them, I'm sure they'll be given to you. Um, or if you go to other places um, that are there to support people who are living in a more low-income situation, they can get them. But other than that, there's no huge charities that are focused on providing menstrual products to people um, here, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, Eva, under your process that you, when you were um, explaining this in your business, could you explain the whole process of your business so that it will be easy for uh, customers or people to come towards you? Oh yeah, so I have a website and several social media platforms. Um, I've been a little bit inactive on them lately. I've been taking time to focus on some other things in my life, but I'm slowly getting back into it. And so I have a website where I post articles, videos, and um, quizzes where people can go and learn in a sort of an unbiased situa- environment and situation. They can 
interact with others who are going through the same thing through my the social media that I'll be, you know, through my social media accounts mm-hmm. to form a sort of sense of community. Um, and yeah, I'm planning on doing live sessions to teach people soon and mm-hmm. hoping to someday start a podcast. So it's great that I get some experience here with you. And yeah. I would love to share some experience if you would like. I've done a few interviews. I would love to share the experience with you if you ever start one. That'd be awesome. Great. Uh, I found out um, after, I'm sorry, I'm saying research a lot because it was a topic which was kind of, um, if I can share this story with you, um, mm-hmm. I we had human, human, uh, human reproduction in Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Slavers ad when I was in about grade 8. Um, I didn't know at the time what it actually meant, so I went to my mother to explain this topic. She gave me the analogy of a pen, uh, of a pencil and a sharpener coming together. I did not know um, this entire process. I got to know it from digging and deeping into this, um, by searching into it. I feel after going into this, uh, I feel there's a lot of um, in- misinformation out there. Could you clear some of the main misinformation that you find um, the people have? Oh wow, there's so many things. Um, I don't even think it's just one. Um, the one that really you know, when people, when women in particular are being more emotional. People are like, oh, are you on that kind of a month? And I'm not sure that's necessarily misinformation about periods, mm-hmm. but it's just an action that really bugs me. It's like, oh, women can't have intense emotions unless they're on a period. But no, we have intense, real, valid emotion all the time. It doesn't have to be because of hormones, or it doesn't have to be because of, you know, hormone changes during that period. Um, well, I've had such a hard time thinking of misinformation right now. Wow. Um, People thinking that you know sex in a period is dangerous because it can be, but you know as long as you're safe, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, what else? Um, people thinking that periods are easy, yeah, because they're not. Um, that you can't do exercise while in your period because you absolutely can. It's a hundred percent safe and can absolutely help you. Um, I've had people think that you could hold in your period blood, um, and you can't do that even. Um, yeah, and it's just like it's not okay to dismiss people's feelings. I'm Um, after doing some research, I found myself that um, that people. I don't know if this is right or wrong. I'll check it again if it if it is Jewish or Hinduism culture. But I found out that. There, women on their peers are not allowed to sleep with their partner, meaning just a normal sleep, no intercourse, nothing. Not allowed to even sleep on the same bed or eat with on the same plate. I, I was shocked yeah. and surprised. How can we educate those people in a way that it is not something that you can stop? It is, it happens. Yeah. Um... One second, I'm just reading up on that because I had no idea that it existed. So apparently it's Judaism, Christianity, and Islam who forbid it. So I could be wrong. This 
site could be inaccurate, but that's what I found when I researched it. Um, so I think that a good way to show people that you know periods aren't dirty would be to, as we talked about, show that it's essential and healthy and it's a wonderful thing. It's the body doing its job. Um, and yeah, it can be really tough because if people have this deep set notion that periods are dirty, it can be very difficult to convince them otherwise. But I think just showing proof that it's normal and comparing it to other normal, healthy bodily functions um, could definitely do something to help. Um, I found out that one of the uh, reasons why, why periods or menstruation cycle actually happens is that it's to remove the dead embryos or types of cells that are actually dead within the the, the uterus so that it can be mm -hmm. so that a healthy yeah. can happen. Um, could you explain the process of this? Uh, yes. So that's why I mentioned that not having a period can be unhealthy. And I said earlier that, you know, like the embryos or the lining of the uterus that can get shed can cause, you know, sort of infections. And I said it like it rotted, but that was sort of the wrong word to use, but it can form sort of scar tissue within the uterus if it isn't removed and it can cause all sorts of other complications. But yeah, the way it works is once a month, um, an embryo you know, drops into the uterus and is prepared for fertilization. And, um, you know, actually, one second, I want to confirm something because I just want to make sure that I'm giving the right information but pretty much the gist of it is um you know you have this embryo prepared for fertilization and you have the uterine lining prepared to host a cell you know it's prepared to host this fertilized egg and to then you know be able to grow it into um a baby a fetus um, but that, that doesn't happen. The uterus sheds that, it sheds the lining, it sheds the embryo, and it starts again, it starts repairing itself again, and that's the whole cycle of it. Yeah, so, okay, so sorry, so the fertilization happens within the fallopian tube, um, so when that doesn't happen, then the embryo drops and gets shed along with the uterine I just have to double check that. Okay, so this is a phenomenon. I, I, after mustering up some courage to actually speak to my mother, and after she being comfortable with the topic, she's told me about menopause. It's uh, after doing some research, I found that it's a syndrome where your menstruation cycle stops and you're unable to make a baby. Um, mm -hmm. I was not able to understand that. Um, could you, um, could you explain it for the viewers or audience who want to understand it? Yeah, so menopause happens after a certain age um, where you just, you know, stop having um, a period and you stop being able to have a baby. And yeah, it's, it marks the end of your menstrual cycle and it gets diagnosed after I think you've gone like a year without having a period. And like it normally happens around your 50s, I believe, 40s or 50s. Mm. And um, it just happens biologically. And it's because at that point, you know, it wouldn't be healthy for you to carry a child anymore, really. Um, obviously, it still happens. People have children. Um, but, you know, your body's getting older. And so then it can be more difficult to have a child. And if I'm not mistaken, it happens when ovaries no longer produce 
you know, the level of hormones needed. And so, yeah. And um, menopause can be accompanied by, you know, symptoms such as hot flashes or that's the most common one, really. People complain about their hot flashes. Okay. But yeah, sorry, I don't know if I answered that question properly. I think you did. Actually, I think you did basically answer the question in, in a more variety of way. Um, I found this controversial thing. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. If you could elaborate this, there. there's a fact on Wikipedia. I just was searching many places, and Wikipedia came with this fact that um, women in third world countries, such as India, Pakistan, have uh, periods at a later date compared to countries with uh, more developed countries. Is that true? Because I certainly do not know this. Um, I've never heard that where like people in third world countries have periods later than people in these third world countries. I don't think your location necessarily affects your period. I think, you know, yeah, sure, like if you're in a location, in a situation where you can't, I'm sorry to hurt you said, so yeah, where you are in the world shouldn't affect your period. Um, I don't see why it would. Again, there could be a factor that I'm missing. There are things that do affect your period, like if you're exercising a lot, or if you are eating less, or you're not sleeping enough, or you're stressed. Any of those things can delay your period. But I've never heard of you being in a certain location doing that. Okay. I'm, I also found one of the most key medical features, and it's a known fact for any boy who actually comes into this. Um, you say that it is uh, unnecessary or that girls just do it on purpose. Men, it's a life or death situation. And please not. I found that many mammals can exploit uh, the embryos, but women can't, or you quote unquote humans cannot. They're actually tethered to their babies through and through. And if something actually happens to the fetus during that time, it could lead to a lot of things, a lot of complications. I think Ava can uh, explain that if complications arise in pregnancy, what can happen during those times. Could you explain them? Um, like what complications can happen in pregnancy in general or just during fertilization? Uh, complications that in pregnancy and fertilization, if you could elaborate both on both of them. Um, I don't know a lot about, you know, sort of the complications that can happen and um, I know that later on in pregnancy there can be issues with placenta or you know issues with ruptures in you know the uterine walls and such but during fertilization um, I'm sure that if there are complicate I'm sure there can be complications um, in the way that the where the cells are formed but I actually don't want that whole not to give a full answer but I'm looking forward to doing more research Okay. Um, Ava, uh, one of the more keen features I keep on having is that did you actually ever talk about um, personally on 101 when you started your business to find facts about it? Um, I have talked to doctors and such um, for facts about periods, but I've also done a lot of research on different medical sites such as Mayo Clinic and um, consulting sites such as Planned Parenthood to sort of get my sources. Um, I am looking forward to speaking with a few OBGYN doctors in the near future to 
figure out the best ways to sort of give out this information and based on their experiences talking to people. Um, so that's exciting. Okay. If in this entire process, did you face any challenges with people saying, no, don't do it. It's, it's, a, it's just a pointless endeavor. It's never gonna matter. There's no business like this. Did you ever hear this comment? Um, I have been very lucky to not have experienced anything like that so far. I know that in the future, as my business grows and as I reach more people, there'll definitely be people out there who will tell me to stop or to quit or that it's gross to talk about it. Um, and honestly, I don't care what they think. I think I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm proud of the information and I'm still learning. I make mistakes all the time. And so I don't care what they think because I'm on my own process. And if they don't respect that or understand it, that's fine. That doesn't affect me. Um, do you do a survey or some kind of? Can you give me the number? Uh, if there is there any number of people who knew or did not knew about this topic, could can we like? Um, I haven't really done. I haven't had enough of a platform to. Ask. Um, sorry, one second. Um, I did my stakeholder journey. Uh, is you were a part of it. And almost everybody there had very little idea of, um, you know, menstrual health or menstrual cycles or things like that. And, you know, a lot of people in my everyday life don't know about it either. But I haven't done, you know, a concrete survey crossing a, like a huge span of people um, to figure out just how many people don't know about it. But that's definitely something I'd like to do in the future. Hmm. It's pretty much interesting, though. Is that uh, the normal symptoms in the first period age? Okay. So basically, there's a thing that I found out is like it's triggered by a uh, period also triggered by a fall in pro progress sorry pro progesterone progesterone yeah so um, progesterone is a sex hormone to put it simply involved in menstrual cycles and pregnancy mm -hmm. and yeah that's it's yeah. just okay. um it helps prepare your body for conception and pregnancy pretty much and it's the hormone that sort of regulates um menstrual cycles mm -hmm. and so levels of progesterone um rise you know at the second half of the menstrual cycle and um i believe that one of its most important sort of attributes is probably to thicken the lining of the uterus to help prepare for if ever there were to be a fetus. Um, one, uh, one other thing is that if any boy is actually watching this or some kind of partner is actually watching this, uh, would you like to answer the specific question that when do periods actually end? Uh, end means like when they stop or like you have a regular month by month, right? is there a pattern for it? Yeah, so um, periods can last from anywhere from like three days to a week. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think they can go longer than weeks, but that's the average, you know. Um, three to five days is the typical when people are spending periods along there. And so they do call this cycle. The average person's menstrual cycle is 28 days. So if you're able to predict your period through that, um, 
So, you know, in that cycle, you have ovulation, you have your period, mm. you have rises and drops in hormones, and different things like that. And so, some people period super on time, super predictable happen. Same few days And for other people, um, Your voice got disconnected, Eva. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. I, um, we can still understand. Could you, like, um, we can hear you? You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, what part cut out? When did it stop? Uh, you were explaining about the process of it uh, in midway, it got cut off. Okay, so I'll just kind of repeat it. So, um, menstrual cycles run average 28 days, and so that cycle includes ovulation, periods, and different um, hormone cycles. And so, people's periods um, have to at a certain point during that cycle, and some of them are super regular and easy to predict. And other people's periods are irregular and last different amounts of time, and things like that. Okay, uh, there's a topic. If, if you can answer yeah. this question, it will be great. Um, when women are in pregnancy, what type of meal or nutrients um, can they actually consume, which is a lot, uh, which they can consume, which can actually nourish the baby and them and their self? Um, I think that after you give birth it's just it again pregnancy is not my area of expertise but um i'm definitely going to do more research into that because you asked a lot of good questions about it today um just i guess consuming foods high in nutrients and vitamins um so that you can keep yourself healthy and recover from the physical trauma of birth and so that you can give these resources to the baby through um, breast milk if you choose to breastfeed your baby. Hmm. Um, you said trauma. Um, I didn't get that. Is there a physical trauma when um, your child is born or something? Um, I mean, yeah. A lot of people when they give birth, they have a bunch of tearing in their vagina. They, you know, they have, they have really bad contractions, such as how you push out a baby. Hmm. Um, but it's a lot of, yeah, physical can be physically, you know, traumatic. Or if you have a cesarean, a C-section, where you get the baby taken out through an incision, that's a huge abdominal surgery. So that, you know, takes a lot of recovery, which can be considered physical trauma as well. Okay. So um, is there a way to deal with that trauma or some kind of way? I mean, um, recovering from giving birth can be painful. After you give it, if it's tearing, um, they'll, you know, suture you and sit you up. But it can still be really painful to just do anything down there for a while. Um, so it's just important to keep the area, you know, sort of clean, to keep it disinfected, and to just be kind on yourself. Give yourself time to recover because you just push a baby out. Like, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not. It is not. I will say it again, boys. Girls have the, girls who are who play many roles as mothers, as sisters, and as wives. 
It ain't an easy role to play. <laughs> but um, again, I will explicitly say, if for those of you, please, with your partners, try if you have. Try. Let's ask Ava, like from personal hand, she's a girl as well. How can you comfort your partner in certain ways? Is there a way that we can comfort them while they're on their periods? This could be good knowledge for me to use on my sister as well when she is in pain. Well, that's a great question. I love that so much. I think it depends on the person. Just offer that your support. Show them that you care. Some people like having heat packs, you know, to help ease cramps. So you can provide them with that. Some people have cravings for chocolate or chips or certain particular foods. Um, so you could bring that to them, you know. Just be kind, be patient, you know and just ask them what they need because it varies from person to person and just tell them that you care so are you a fan of uh, hot chocolate <laughs> i love hot chocolate i think it's the best there you have it folks hot chocolate is also a necessity sometimes for women so please <laughs> do mind that and another question is that men are quite short-tempered and they don't understand that during in this time they also have uh, women sometimes have mood changes or we call them mood swings um in those mood swings how can a, a typical guy handle himself basically um how can he be kind towards her while she's like not nice to him at that in that particular moment because she's feeling pain how can he be yeah nice? so i think that um again not all men are short-tempered but some are and um during loop things, I think it can be good to sort of leave the situation, at least for me, that, again, everyone's different. How people may react to that is different. If, you know, someone's having loop things and is really angry and is being unkind to you, it's, it's not your responsibility to sit there and take that, even if it's because of a period, you know. If someone's being unkind to you, you don't have to stay in that situation. You can leave and wait until the loop thing passes and then come back and talk to them about what happened and you know, whatever reason. And mood swings don't only include anger, it can include, you know, random sadness or anxiety or, you know, heightened senses of, you know, of excitement or anything like that. Okay. Now, coming from my mother, and she kind of explained uh, this thing that, um, when a woman actually gives birth, she doesn't have uh, periods for about 30, 30, I think she was saying 30 to 20 days. I don't know the days. To be fair, I'll clear my facts and check it again. But she was saying 30 to 20 days. She they don't have periods and then they have it again. Um, is that true? Because like I only got to know it from my mother and there's not a lot of information on available sites and platforms. Yeah, so... Um it's definitely after giving birth you don't have your period for a while just like it can be pretty hard to get pregnant after giving birth it can still happen but it can be more difficult um i don't know the exact amount of days but i do know for the fact that um for a while after you give birth you you know can just have spotting um you know you can have mild bleeding and you can yeah but some people most people don't have a period for a while so by any chance, Ava, are you willing, are you want to become a doctor or some kind, if, if you ever get a chance? I think that it would be really fun to become a doctor. I love learning about the human body, mm. but I don't think I'd want to work in, you know, 
um, that gynecology or things like that. I respect people who work in that so much. I think it's a wonderful profession. But I think if I were to be a doctor, I'd want to work in some kind of trauma medicine. Okay. From all this information and everything, I can give you some few facts here. I have found from my co-worker and she was explaining it. What type, uh, this is a total question and I asked from my friend and he said to me that, dude, what are the things that women buy? I have certainly no idea in that time. And he was messaging me and I was confused. How, what kind of uh, items are there for them to, for women to wear, for boys' knowledge? It should be there, if you could elaborate. I, I do know them, but if, if you could say it, it would be really best. And um, the products that people can use during their periods? Well, basically, what type of items that uh, are for the periods that boys can buy for their partners when they actually know it's about, it's going to be that month or uh, that, you know? Well, depending on um, what menstrual products your partner uses, you can buy those. So like pads, tampons, menstrual cups, um, anything like that. Mm. If they've explicitly, if they told you that they like, you know, certain products during their period, like certain types of medication or certain foods or comfort items, you could buy those as well. And um, yeah, just getting them what's, you've seen they need during their period. Hmm. I've, uh, I did some, someone from India and she told me that uh, I, you'll be hilarious, she said that um, it's bad to touch a pickle, uh, a pickle while you are in your periods. Pickle? Yep, she's a sister. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Uh, I heard she's from some guy, she's from India herself. I won't disclose the name. But she herself said that, and I was kind of shocked. A bottle of pickle is bad for you to touch while you're on your periods. I mean, I've never heard of it being bad to touch a pickle during your period. Who knows? It could be wrong. Maybe there's some kind of scientific evidence suggesting otherwise. But to my knowledge, it's just a food that can't hurt you while you're on your period, unless you're allergic or something. I said so myself. And I think that pretty much covers actually in the entire sequence of it. And we got an extensive detail from Ava herself and the business that she's building. Ava, one more question, the final question I would like to ask is that, is this organization some kind of a charity or is this an organization or a business in general? Could you explain what type of organization is it? Um, so currently it's a it's um, not for profit. Um, I'm just really focused on getting out there and helping people learn. Mm. You know, maybe in the future when I start doing, I, I plan to try and endorse, um, you know, eco-friendly period products. Mm. Um, so maybe one day if I start partnering with brands, there might be some kind of profit. But I'm thinking of just donating that money to funds that can help people have access to menstrual products around the world. Um, because as we were talking about, there are really little resources out there. Um, but yeah, so for now, it's a sort of, I wouldn't say it's a charity, but it's a non-for-profit. Okay, so where do you see yourself from 10 to 15 years later? Oh, wow. Um, 
people ask me that a lot in 10 to 15 years I think <clears throat> it'd be nice to have a community and a group of, like be able to go and like talk in schools and help people learn mm. or sort of go like even around the world and just see how this how these like notions and these mentalities differ from place to place mm. and be able to just kind of help however I can. Um, is there an impact that you want to make in the community and what kind of impact would that be if you would like to explain right now? I, I, want, I want to have people be comfortable talking about this, we could talk about sexual education, talk about mental health, talk about mental health too. I want these to be open conversations with no judgment, no bias or stereotypes, just open, honest conversations about real people and the things they go through. Eva, there was like um, a lot of really good information that you explained today. In the podcast, we kind of have a tradition here where we uh, ask a quote and we ask our interviewee to explain her thoughts on it, give her own thoughts. So shall I say the quote? Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. So the quote is, people want what they want sometimes you just have to walk in defiance of it and just be yourself said by Marilyn Stepp oh um I think it's a great quote I think that in the world there are people who are very set in their beliefs and their wants hmm. and they want you to be a certain way they want you to do things a certain way they want you to follow a certain set of rules and I think that if what you want is different from that, then go follow your path and walk in defiance. Like, you know, defy them and defy what they require of you because they're not living your life. So you should make choices for yourself. So uh, this is a trivia question, and since I don't not know a lot about you, uh, a lot about you, so I'm gonna take this trivia question from a WhatsApp chat. So. I want to ask you, what was the main reason that our interview could not be held as soon as possible? Name one reason. Answer it in five seconds. Oh God. Um, well, I don't even know. I think I was just, I was just busy. I had online school. Um, I had technical difficulties and things like that. <laughs> it was basically because uh, of technical issues. We couldn't have it as well. Or that's the reason. So that's the question. Uh, here we have a quote that we say is that on the count of three, you and me together, we say, stay home, stay safe, and be cool. So, on the count of three, uh, are you ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Stay home, stay, home, stay, stay safe, safe, and be cool. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're the second person who said it completely. Woo! Thank you, Eva, for joining into the podcast. And I leave my audience with a question, and it is that sometimes we don't understand our partners. And to be honest, we should. We should understand the walks of life that many people go from, whether it's your partner, whether it's someone else. Because keep in mind, your partner does not just play one role in life. They play three roles in your life, as your wife, as your sister and as your partner and couple. So keep in mind and be nice to them because
because you don't know the serious issue needs to be heard. Thank you Ava for raising awareness on this topic and I would love to see you succeed in the future in your business. Maybe one day you might be having a TED talk. That'd be great. Thank you so much for having me. You asked some really great questions and I just want to finish again by saying I don't know everything. Sometimes, you know, I make mistakes in information and that's okay because we're all learning and I just hope that I was able to give people a bit more context and a bit more security in their knowledge about menstrual health. I think by far you have given a lot and I think men will be actually this time it will actually help to educate men a lot. Alright, yeah. Every honestly it's not just men that are uneducated, it's everyone. Even women who have periods don't know things about them. So it's everyone needs to learn and hopefully someday people will. That's a really great vision. I hope you succeed in your future endeavors and what you're trying to achieve in Alright, thank you so much. Have a great day. And then stay tuned and peace!